Dairy farmer in India never makes money. It's a cash flow system for him. He thinks he is making money because it doesn't count his labor. It doesn't count his son's labor. It doesn't count his wife's labor. To feed 100 kgs of feed cow versus 100 kgs of feed to a buffalo. Buffalo has got 2 to 3 percent, sometimes 5 percent better efficient digestion capability. Yeah. That's the only difference between both of them. He stretched the technology aspect, stretched the economic aspect, forgot the ecology, forgot the diversity. It's a fundamental problem of farming in the country today. The reality is the farmer doesn't have money. The question is how are we trying to solve? We are trying to solve it by doing cash transfers, by subsidies, but not by solving the root cause of that problem. Consumers should come forward and holistically support farming and they should start questioning where is my food coming from? Who is producing it? At what cost it was produced? How it was produced? How profitable that production is? Consumers should ask these questions. Once you start asking these questions, companies will fall in line. Hi, this is Adhat Alwalia and welcome to The Neon Show. This episode's guest has goals of enabling rural entrepreneurship and wealth creation among small and marginalized farmers. He's previously spent 13 years in Wipro Technologies. Today, he's the co-founder of India's first organic milk company. It's my pleasure to welcome Akshay Kalpas Shashi Kumar on The Neon Show. I would also like to thank the sponsors Prime Venture Partners for sponsoring The Neon Show. Hope you enjoy. I'm so excited to to start a conversation. Uh, for a for my first set, you know, I want to go back to your childhood. So, if you can recall your childhood memories that shaped who you are today, what would those be? See, it's a very typical uh, rural childhood. Okay, um, the moment a boy or a girl is born. So, uh, in a farming family, I was born into a very good farming family. We had a very good land holdings. I think I went through a similar journey like any other kid yeah. in India. My father told day one, okay, you should never get into farming. And why was that? Why did your father tell you? No, not see, they have seen very... A, a um, lawyer's son is a, is a lawyer, a doctor's son is a, uh, is a doctor, an engineer's <laughs> son is an engineer. Why not a farmer want his son to become a farmer? So, in my father's case, it was very straightforward, okay. He has seen some of the most horrible... Your uh, grandfather was also a farmer? Farmer, yes. My grandfather was an amazing uh, farmer. And um, my father has seen worst of farming. And um, he has become a lot of debts. And he couldn't repay. He couldn't even give proper education to children. All the things he has seen, okay. Then, of course, he decided I should never get into farming. How old were you when he told that? So I remember it's a five, six years, okay, young age. Okay. You were very small. No, very, very small. I remember very well, very, very well I remember. His mandate is very simple. Okay. Um, maybe when I, when I become around 14, 15 years of age, um, then he discovered problem, got quite good in math. His only mandate for me was physics, chemistry, mathematics and biology. You have to score 100 out of 100. That's okay. it. That's the only mandate. Okay. <laughs> Nothing else. Okay. And he was very clear with you from day age of four. Day of very clear. Yeah, my son should become an engineer. And back then you didn't even knew what physics physics was. <laughs> so my son, want, my father wanted me to be an engineer because he has seen a lot of engineers in uh, Bangalore. Yeah. Okay, and leading good life, and he has seen his own life, and he never thought uh, his son, okay, would ever ever become a let me say. Um, Farmer who can earn decent money. Yeah. Okay. As simple as that. That's, that's my first remembrance of 
childhood adage again saying it's not much different at all from yeah. any other child born in farming families and in india a population of 1.4 billion 140 crores 70% of the kids yeah. are born in farming families yes. which is almost like uh, you know you can say uh, 100 crores population isn't a farming family yes see and no one wants their kid to become farmers i think that's a matter of fact okay and uh, rightly or wrongly most of our uh, let me say um, things happening in the country right now encourages people not to be farmers our policies okay our uh, the way we say for example i i, I live in tiptur it's a very very small town around 150 kilometers from here okay uh, in the middle of lot of villages and lot of okay capacity building programs do happen okay this is uh, uh, sponsored by skill commission of india okay. it is basically taxpayers money gets invested to capacity build very good initiative what is capacity building capacity for example if you are in a rural person yeah okay i'll come and teach you something okay or okay i'll enable you to learn something maybe say computers to teach that's exactly what's happening how to become a good call center agent yeah how to become a okay good uh, copy typewriter go to become a good uh, computer operator vocational training that can land you a 10000 rupees job in a job the 10000 15000 20000 or 25000 okay yeah i never seen a program coming to my village and saying you are doing farming let us do better do farming why because government also understands farming okay is not viable so we need to give okay something else to for people to earn okay this government's mandate okay to get people to earn something okay they are doing their bit but definitely not on the farming but part to sustain a population of 1.4 billion right and you already have 70% of your population in agriculture why is so hard for government to make agriculture profitable for farmers every year farmer deaths are center point farmer immolating themselves in maharashtra in some parts of india why is not that a focus to make farming uh, profitable for farmers so sidar the problem is little bit deeper okay if say the the question what you are ask, asking is a fair question okay but the problem is very very deep okay the so fundamentally the farmer is grappling with lot of things not under his control yeah okay rain is not under his control soil is not under control pests are not under control market is not under his control so in the middle of things not under his control how we can become a successful yeah so what government has okay very good programs okay for subsidizing most of the things for example we do a lot of input subsidies yeah like for example manure gets subsidized okay and also we do a lot of cash transfers okay to farmers so amazing initiatives yeah. okay i believe okay um, that is making farmer more farming more unviable Because more dependent more dependent okay on subsidies are required to certain extent yeah. in a livelihood stage but beyond that what how do you shield farmer from okay uh, some of the vagarities simple example in india you can't sign a forward contract with farmer 
and get it honored. It is not possible. Yeah. Okay. So now, how do you expect to shield him from market problems? Farmers don't understand forward contract is a right way of going forward. Yeah. Okay, but for, forward he, contract is farmer gives the rights to his produce to somebody else for three years. No, it's not like that. No, I'm saying, no, let me say, you, you, you are a company. Yeah. I'm a farmer. You come and say to me, hey, you know what? You grow me potato. Yeah. For next three months at this price. Yeah. I'm shielding that price for you now. Yeah. Irrespective of what market happens, yes. I'll pay you. That's a forward contract. Okay. We can't enforce that one in India. Why? Impossible. No, that's how the structures are. That's how the systems are. And why did, if farming was so unviable, and it was so inviable always. Why did we become a farming nation in the first place? Because it has to be viable at some point in history in India. Yes. So the answer is yes. Okay. If you just go, okay, uh, when population was less, we were around 33 crores population. How many, how many years ago? Let's say. So it's just around 75, 80 years back. Around and, independence. Yeah. Just before uh, Second World War. Okay. We were around 30 crore population. Yeah. And uh, we are fairly... You leave out some of the famines we went through. Yeah. Okay. Which was beyond our control. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, in uh, early nineties. Okay. Or, uh, uh, nine, early nineteen hundreds or eighteen uh, seventies. So some famines we went through. If you just leave out, it was a fairly self-sufficient system. But what did we do? Okay. What changed this entire outlook? Okay. The entire outlook changed the way we do farming. Okay. So, we started, okay, uh, see, in a, in a farming, you no, know, we, we as a development workers, for example, yeah. I consider myself as a development worker, okay. There are four quadrants to any farming, okay. One is a technology. Yeah. Other thing is ecology. Yeah. Okay. Third one is, okay, your economics. The fourth one is diversity. Okay. If these four are not balanced in a farming ecosystem, farming collapses. What are these four? Can you go into? Well, for example, if you say technology, okay. Yeah. What is what is technology? We give very good chemical manure. Yeah. It's a tech. We give a lot of tractors. Yeah. It is tech. Okay. I'm just giving yes. very simple examples. Okay. And we need to borrow needs to make money. That's the economics. Yeah. But you know, ecology aspects. When you, let me say, simple example I'll give you, ecology of an ecology example. If you do a backyard poultry, yeah. there are two aspects to it. One is the egg, which is protein source. Yeah. Meat, okay, is a protein source. Chicken manure, nitrogen source. Okay. You got it. So, chicken manure is going to the soil and building your soil nitrogen to grow the next crop. Okay. Similar thing with dairy. Dairy gives a regular income. Okay, and what happens? Okay, the dung, you can build a soil around that. So these are ecological aspects of farming. Yeah. We forgot that. And why, why, how did we forget it? Well, I'll give you a simple example. In our area where we operate, Tiptur, okay, when 2010 we, like, like mad people, we got out of, uh, Wipro and we told we'll change the world. First thing we did was we did a baseline survey of Tiptur belt, coconut, what's happening? Yeah. It's a big copra belt, sweet copra belt yeah. in India. And when we surveyed, okay, what the revelation is very damning. Coconut tree was producing 55 nuts per tree per annum. Okay. That was a survey data. Government data exactly matches with that. Then we were extremely curious what it was 100 years back. Yeah. 
Hundred years back, 1903 and 1905, there are two British day surveys pegged the coconut yield in that area at 185 nuts per tree per annum. So, what happened in hundred years? So, to your question, yeah. this is what happened. We economized everything. Other quadrant I was mentioning, we sold the coconut, we sold the coir pith, we sold the leaf fronds, we sold everything and economized. But diversity of managing soil we forgot. We didn't take care of the soil. In hundred years of farming, a coconut tree which was yielding 185 nuts per tree per annum at an average, we have bought it down to 55 nuts. That is our contribution of farming. Ecological dimension is forgotten. Other aspect in the farming, the fourth aspect is diversification of okay um, your income streams. You should have dairy, you should have poultry, you should have beekeeping, okay, you should have greens and vegetables, okay, you should have coconut, you should have fruits. Every day's incomes, every 15 day income, every 30th day income, every 6 months income, every year income, we forgot these dynamics. We got into monocultures. That's where the problem and how started. How did we get into monocultures? See, Western philosophy, you know, yeah. So it's very powerful. Yeah. Okay, of be doing big things. Yeah. We blindly copied. That's how we started growing wheat acre together. Removed all the biodiversity which existed. Yeah. Started growing paddy. Just it's, it's just monoculture killed us. And slowly then we got into a situation where we got into food shortages. We copied further Western concepts. I'm not saying People who copied it wrong, but they solved a problem which was irrelevant at that point of time. Yeah. But we never gave a thought, what will happen now? It was a short term. It was a short term thinking. We measure, okay, what we call SOC, soil organic carbon. It measures how much carbon is there in the soil. Yeah. All the lands in India today, soil organic carbon is less than 1%. At 0.5% of soil organic carbon, you declare lands as deserts. And what was it 100 years ago? So, if you look at, okay, one of the amazing book I read is Agricultural Testament by a Westerner. His name is Halbert Howard, okay? okay. He documented Indian agricultural practices, okay, of 1800s and 1900s, or early 1900s. Beautiful documentation. Soil organic carbon was anywhere between 4 to 6 percent. Now, we have brought it down to this. We kept on giving chemicals, but we never gave the carbon back. So, there's a story to how chemical came, right? I think we had a big famine somewhere in the 80s and, and 90s. That's when the government started a concept of green revolution, started building all these government factories of producing pesticides. See, the, the, the chemical farming has an interesting background, okay? See, the, most of the World War, after World War II happened, all the chemicals which were left, what to do? Okay. So the concept started from there. So these were all the chemicals used to make bombs. Bombs, everything. Okay. Yeah. They don't know what to do. Yeah. So from there, we started building. Okay. Can we apply for agriculture? So then start, you started seeing immediate yield boosts. Okay. And I, so, so the powder which was making bombs, they started putting it, it into soil. Soil. Okay. 
but how how is that viable no no this for example what are the fundamental characteristics of a soil soil needs minimum 16 micronutrients it needs phosphorus okay it needs nitrogen yeah it needs okay uh, potassium yeah all those things are required there are in major ingredients of your chemical industry yeah okay of making bombs okay now they started saying plants started giving immediate boost in okay sure. productivity so that is when okay we got into a real okay uh, industrial farming of giving external chemical inputs in 50s lot of documentation exists in by 50s 1950s okay. that the food ecosystem is already died okay rachel carlson she did amazing job okay mm-hmm. she documented how the cancer is getting into humans because of use of chemicals her work was seminal okay she documented scientific proof that our farming is okay getting cancer to us nobody listened to her okay what and was the name of the book or the paper she wrote okay the the it is a series of articles okay yes. series of articles then it was okay uh, clubbed into a book called silent spring and the author's name is uh, rachel carlson okay okay uh, amazing work she did okay but we didn't listen she is an american it is the same problem as big pharma right yeah. the big pharma doesn't want generic drugs to come in So I don't know about big pharma, but I'm saying her her, her work, no, yes. was amazing work. Yeah. We didn't listen, okay. But we were running shortage of food, yeah. okay. We were importing lot of food. Our our uh, fathers thought, yes, you know, we need to solve that problem, valid uh, problem. Yeah. And of course, they adopted okay, lot of things, yeah. and we become food self sufficient. But over a period of time, what we are seeing the soil organic carbon, we forgot. Yeah. okay we saw immediate yield boost yes of course we survived but afterwards what happened now you are saying the farming becoming unprofitable so coming back to our question why farming is not profitable it is extremely dependent on external inputs today yeah without an external input you can't do farming that is the root cause of the entire non viability of farming you have to cut the external inputs so you need to teach farmer how to make his own manure yeah in a proper way you should teach the farmer how to diversify his farm teach farmer to take care of ecology then get the technology and economics will come we are stretching that kite now what i told the four dimensional kite yeah we are stretching on technology side we are stretching on economic side now it is collapsing it is becoming flat there is no ecology there is no diversity farms are becoming unviable so it's a fundamental okay uh, uh, aspects we forgot how to do farming and through akshay kalp you are trying to get these back into exactly. a system That's you it. are not innovating you are just getting back back to see there see there no need to innovate nothing yeah we have been doing that we need to now prove those models yeah. it can it is doable for example akshay kalpa the concept of integrating dairy into program no it's very simple the simplicity is farmer needs money yeah okay you can't say oh he doesn't need money yeah. lead, lead lead an authority assertive life it's not possible okay need an ascetic life no it's not possible so what we need to do we need to get put money in his hand so dairy enables daily cash flows but dairy enables other beautiful thing is dung using dung can we make a manure at a scale yeah. that's what we are doing in akshakalpa using that manure 
ह्यूज सॉइल मैनेजमेंट प्रोग्राम सो अनमेरिड ऑफ एन इंडियन एग्रीकल्चर सिनेरियो दैट्स व्हाट वी हैव डन हाउ टू मैनेज सॉइल्स बेटर वी हैव पुश्ड सॉइल ऑर्गेनिक कार्बन इन आवर फार्म्स टू 3.5 परसेंट इन लास्ट 13 इयर्स लास्ट 13 इयर्स इट्स अ वेरी ग्रेजुअल प्रोसेस यू कांट चेंज इट ओवरनाइट द द सॉइल ऑर्गेनिक कार्बन इज नॉट कॉन्स्टेंट ड्यू टू एक्शन ऑफ सन ड्यू टू एक्शन ऑफ माइक्रोव्स ड्यू टू एक्शन ऑफ वेरियस ओके एनवायरमेंटल एस्पेक्ट्स इट कीप्स डिग्रेडिंग यू शुड कीप रिप्लेनिशिंग सो ग्रोइंग वी शुड लर्न टाउ टू ग्रो कवर क्रॉप्स वी शुड पुट बैक एज मच डंग एज पॉसिबल मेक बेटर मेन्योर ओके मेक बेटर फार्मिंग अवॉर्ड एज मच टिलिंग एज पॉसिबल सो कैन वी गेट ओके इन टू ओके लॉट ऑफ हॉर्टिकल्चर these are the things which are required to make farming really really viable so today as every farm at akshay kalpan you have 1200 farms right and on average each of your farm produces 1 lakh rupees of output yes. per month yes right in which the output is made up of dairy is one yes. which is milk and on milk you make various products like paneer yes. uh, uh, ghee right yeah. butter uh, chach and all these the second is Beekeeping yeah. that gives honey. The third is grains also that you allow farmer to yes. to grow. Yes. Fourth is coconut. Which are the other two? So we we have got a, we have integrated backyard poultry. Yeah. It gives us the eggs. Eggs, eggs and meat also. Yeah, for their own use. Okay, yeah. we don't sell meat. Yeah. But we sell eggs. Okay. Okay. And uh, second thing is um, greens and vegetables. Okay. Okay. Tender coconuts. Okay. So mushrooms. Okay. And dairy. okay and um, lot of fruits okay we started lot of custard apple integration okay. custard apple is a very very hardy plant even without rain it can survive okay it's called sitapal in in yeah. uh, uh, indian uh, folklore yeah. okay so that's exactly how we have integrated uh, these farms but huge tree integration amount of tree integration we have done okay is uh, is is um, each farm at an at an average have integrated 2000 trees in hedges and bunds so that the cross okay when a wind blows okay serves as a barrier and also they are a vertical column of water we development workers see tree as a what no need to build dams in our opinion keep planting trees a plant goes up no actually water is going up okay 80% of the tree is moisture so therefore a tree is a vertical column of water taking water up so that's what we are doing in akshay kalpa god so so one other topic that i want to cover with you today right uh, is daily it's in news that the stubble burning has now made delhi a smoke chamber in which its people are unable to breathe mm-hmm. even with air purifiers in delhi this year 2023 the pollution is so bad it's at the worst every year is going is getting worst right So stubble burning as a concept, right? How did it originate? And are farmers at fault? Is government at fault? <laughs> And what's the solution? A beautiful question. Why the stubble burning is? See, this earlier we we discussed a point, a monoculture. Yeah. So, just hundred years back, our farms are extremely diverse. There was no one single crop, at least four to five crops, yeah. six crops, And crop residues were animal feed. that's exactly how okay we worked there was no need to burn a stubble so the beautiful system existed okay now what we did do we got in the monoculture 
Now we don't know what to do. Our post harvest we don't know. So we need to get the lands ready. Yeah. Now we burn it. As simple as that. Why you burn? Burning is the easiest way to manage the stubble. The government is not recommending to burn. Okay, government is government is telling lot of things to farmers, but farmers continue to because, do it because it's easiest. But in my this is my personal opinion, it's very easy to blame farmer. But as a state, what are we doing? Okay, to change the situation. Other day I was reading some news report in Indian Express. Okay. The news report told we have spent around 300 crores in subsidies, okay, uh, to make a, um, a tractor, okay, appendix, so where it can help you to mulch, okay, uh, uh, the post harvest into soil, okay, integrate that one into soil. We are given 300 crores subsidy to for those equipments to be as an attachment to tractors, okay, to farmers. Wonderful initiative, okay, but. The report also says that farmers have stopped using it. So my question is why? It comes back to that kite which I was talking. We are focused on technology. We assume giving technology means problems are solved. It is not. So that's where the problem starts. Technology will never solve a problem. Technology is a tool, okay, to us to do things better. Yeah. So in my opinion, I would have spent those 300 crores Okay, adopted maybe 300 villages. And I would have demonstrated getting this entire stubble back into the soil, how I am improving soil carbon. And how would you do it? No, just chop it and put back to the soil. Okay. With the same equipment. And you get 300 crore subsidy. Perfect. But I will adopt 300 villages. Put 300 demonstration that in those villages, zero burning. We will go deep into extension. Okay, uh, farmer outreach program, chop that, okay, and put back to the soil. And soil organic carbon goes up. What is, what is a stubble? Is a, is a carbon. Okay. What is a plant's job? There's a carbon in the air, takes it yeah. and puts into our food. Okay. Now we need to put, give, put that one back to the soil. And that actually what it does is amazing impact of microbes going up. Because they, they will act on the soil organic carbon. And productivity of the land going up. So those are the things we should have been doing. Just rather than pushing the technology, saying that, ha, there's an attachment to a tractor, you buy, I will subsidize it. It will never, ever, ever work. So that's how, okay, our some of the programs right now happening in the country, they're driving in a direction where we believe technology will solve everything. It will not. Technology will be a great tool, amazing tool, if you use it properly, with a proper extension intervention. When I say extension, it's a farmer outreach program. You go to where the farmer is. Farmer should not come to you. You should go and work within his fields. Ensure these 300 villages will never ever burn stubble. And prove that giving the stubble back to the soil has a positive impact on overall farming. Everybody would have adopted in last 10 years. It's, it's a 10 years journey. Overnight we can't solve this problem at all. It's, it's, it's a policy issue. As a policy, are we willing to make a change? It's not about Punjab or Delhi or whatever. It, it's immaterial. It's true across India. We don't do, we, we are a terrible extension nation. What does that mean? Extension means a farmer outreach program where we 
a, a technology expert or a farming expert going into farmer field and working it doesn't that culture doesn't exist in india and we expect the farmer, farmer to, to come to, to us. come to the babus yes that's the problem we, we are spending lot of money the government spends lot of money on agriculture extension they have got demonstration plots they have got krishi vignana kendras they okay they have got kskes krishi samparka kendras so where farmer can go and interact okay they have tried to decentralize it but still we don't go to his field what is happening in the field we don't know the reality is okay the farmer doesn't have money that's the reality okay the question is how are we trying to solve yeah we are trying to solve it by doing cash transfers we are trying to solve it by subsidies yeah but not by solving the root cause of that problem so that's the that's the fundamental crux of the issue and today you have 1200 farms what and you think that uh, and what i'm able to observe you are able to solve this problem that yes a, a, if you are able to give today a farmer 1 lakh rupee of income every month through all the six pillars you know six produces that a farmer is able to make then the farmer can have enough food for his family can educate his kids and probably then marry off their daughter or son right these are the only basic things a farmer wants in his life nothing else see i think um, again we are over simplifying so the what is the power of city lights is very big yeah he says the guy in the city living better life better access to healthcare yeah better housing yeah better travel facilities okay better access to technology he sees all those things not that he doesn't see that's the attraction yeah what we need to prove is same thing can be done in villages yeah. that's what is required yes. see when when when, we, when what happens when you over simplify the problem yeah okay i think we will end up solving all wrong problem okay so therefore you need to understand he has got the same desire he has got the same okay uh, uh, aspects of a city dweller is not much different but what have we done okay uh, without telling explicitly to the farmer to we are migrating him out of villages okay he migrates out of the villages with less skills than a city dweller yeah so when he comes here his frustrations grow so is neither satisfied there okay nor is able to make progress here that is creating bigger win bigger problem so this is farmers fundamental problem okay so um the question is how do we solve it yeah it requires a great so you ask what is an extension work we need to learn to go to farmers and work with their problems rather than superficially understanding those issues and trying to make solutions like i told you technology stretch yeah. is a too much of a stretch okay economic stretch is a too much of a stretch when diversity okay and ecology is forgotten and you mentioned in a conversation that uh, 30% of akshay kalp farmers today are sit- they have gone to the city lived as uh, cab drivers and now are coming back yes. why is that see this interesting question you ask why is that all the cab drivers in say i only know bangalore city yeah. to certain extent chennai and to certain extent hyderabad okay where our market is there most of the cab drivers when you get into a cab ola or uber or ask them where did they come from yeah. they name the village so 
they are the people with whatever little land holding, one acre, two acre, three acres, five acres. Yeah. They have realized it is not viable. So raise some money, get a cab, get into city, drive a cab. They hope to make some money and get back. Yeah. But that never happens because you know how much money you can make in a cab. Yeah. Okay. End of the day, when you buy a cab, what is left after paying EMIs at the end of yeah. this one? But after five years, if you pay, the cab, if you sell, whatever money he makes, yeah. that's what is the money he makes. He knows that. Okay? So, <laughs> the question of why, okay, is, again, farming is not viable. Is moving out of farming. That's all is an indication. So, is it, life is better outside? No. But definitely better than farming. At least you can see some monthly income. Yeah. Farming, that is also not guaranteed. There are a lot of challenges. Uh, sir, you mentioned about dairy farming, right? It's why it's such an important part of Akshay Kalp farms, that it gives daily income. Then why are there not many farmers resorting to dairy farming? Why are they not producing more milk, more cheese, more paneer? See, Siddharth, for all said and done now, we are the biggest milk producer in the world. Yeah. Okay. Um... We produce more milk than any other country in the world. Yeah. So therefore our farmers are producing milk, okay. But it's the most inefficient way of producing milk. At an average, government data says that, okay, 803 kg, 805 kgs is the milk production in 305 days of lactation. When a cow gives birth to a calf, okay, we measure that 305 days she will give milk. Yeah. So at an average it is 800 kgs of milk. Yeah. Okay. And if you take a crossbreed program in the country, government data says this, 1,500 kgs per cow in 305 days. If you take Israel, they do 12,000 kgs in 305 days per cow. US does 10,000 kgs. UK does 8,000 kgs. So you can see the gap, okay, is huge. You, you can actually have scope for us to do better. But number of cows we have is huge. Three Animal population is estimated to be around uh, um, 300 million. Okay, to 400 million approximately. Okay. okay. It's a huge population unproductive. Okay. So that's the biggest challenge. So how do you get that herd to produce more milk? Yeah. Okay, same, same cows. How can you produce more milk? Feeding them better. Taking yeah. care of them better. Looking after them better. Yeah. Okay. In, 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 in literal, okay, sense. Okay. Um, that's not happening. That's how, what is. How much is Akshay Kalp cow producing? Akshay Kalp at an average is producing 3000 kgs in a lactation. Correct. Almost double the national average. So that's what we have done. Amazing feeding programs we have done. Fodder programs we have done. Calf rearing programs we have done. And total mixed duration, okay, how do we, okay, do a TMR for dairy animals? 13 years of probably world-class research we have done, okay, in organic and dairy. But Akshay Kalp is still not equal to Israel or US level. Uh, no, why? it will take time. So, a lot of issues. The germplasm, what we have, what we call as a germplasm, that is, genetics of a cow, what we have, is not tuned to produce that amount of milk. Yeah. Okay, first problem. Second problem, let us assume genetics exists for time being. We import we, some of their cows. No, that's the secondary. But even the genetics exist. 
Our feeding practices are very bad. We don't feed the cows properly. No, we are doing it, but we are still not there. Yeah. Okay, so that is a continuous process. You keep improving the feed and fodder, what you are giving to the cow yeah. over a period of time. So we also started with three kgs of milk per cow per day. Right now, at an average, Akshakalpa cow produces 10 kgs of milk okay, per day, per cow. Yeah. So, in 13 years, from 3 to 10, that's a journey. Yeah. Okay. I am talking what we call as a herd averages. Um, so, how do we change that? So, to your question, why is, is it dairy farming profitable? Yeah. Okay, let's answer that question. No. Because of these inefficiencies. Dairy farmer in India never makes money. It's a cash flow system for him. He thinks he is making money because he doesn't count his labor. He doesn't count his son's labor. He doesn't count his wife's labor. That's the problem. Second problem, he produces a lot of fodder in his own farm. He doesn't value it. So therefore, you are feeding cow something. Yeah. You are looking after, putting some time, energy to that. You don't count those aspects. You think what is you are getting out of it is a profit. It is not. So that's the reason nobody wants to get into dairy farming in a big way. This is one fundamental problem. Second problem, dairy farming in India is drudgery. Okay? Taking care of the cow, tying and tethering and moving, feeding, okay, lifting the dung on the head. There are a host of problems like this where young people don't want to get into farming. Yeah. So who is doing dairy farming today? People above 55 years, 60 years. These are the people who are doing dairy farming in India. We like it or not, that's the fact. So therefore, two, these two problems need to be solved. That is, economics of a dairy farm, we should see it is working out for farmer. Second thing is, we should make sure we remove a lot of drudgery out of it. Okay, at the dairy farm. If you solve these two, I think young people will start coming in. Economics is working. Okay, I can consider this job as a cool job. I can still work five, six hours a day. People don't mind yeah. working. So in the city also you need to work yeah. seven, eight hours a day, ten hours a day. But five, six hours a day you can work and still do a good dairy farming. People will come. So to to your question, today dairy farming is not profitable, but it can be made profitable. So that's the reason number of animals are going up. Yeah. The milk is going up. There is not a productivity is not going up. There are challenges. And uh, uh, there were also uh, cases where because of the injection given to cow, right, uh, to produce more milk, it's causing a havoc in the ecosystem. See, th th there are a lot of uh, what I call misinformation here, yeah. okay. Technically, okay, if, if you really look at um, in uh, Indian dairy industry in general, so nobody is going to inject an oxytocin to cow to produce more milk. Yeah. No farmer is doing it. That's the fact. Oxytocin gets produced when cow gives milk. Without the oxytocin production, milk, she will not let down the milk. That is the nature. Okay. But there are other problems in dairy industry. That is where the problem lies. We treat animals with antibiotics. Antibiotics come out in milk. That we drink. Then it makes us antibiotic resistant. 
fundamental problem so this is also contributing to our antibiotic resistance yes wow one of the biggest contributor is this so the uh, is oxytocin injections what it all that's not practiced yeah. farmers don't practice that that's not true but abuse of antibiotics in dairy industry is huge and why are these antibiotics used so because much? cow falls sick yeah okay cow has got mastitis it's a management problem you inject antibiotics cow has a fever you give antibiotics how many times you are fever you take antibiotics you don't take yeah. no you just take a rest for a day yeah. to it will go maybe week yeah. okay and if it is a let me say viral fever it doesn't matter what you yeah. take it will take a week or so or a paracetamol that we yeah take. whatever to just to remove the yeah. but that doesn't happen indiscriminate use of antibiotics farmers themselves injecting extension agents injecting veterinarians injecting and there's no control over it everything comes down in the milk that milk is milk and okay consumers do take it then that is creating one one very big problem second big problem in indian dairy industry is in from a quality point of view aflatoxins is 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 most of the cancer today okay is aflatoxins what, what is, is, is that so what is an aflatoxin okay for example you feed a cow which is with fungus some fod and feed which is a fungus it is an aflatoxin when cow takes that one in the aflatoxins come out in milk okay that is a carcinogen there is a food safety standards uh, okay guideline on okay, what is the limit of aflatoxin most of the milk in the country is above okay that limit why okay. nobody talks about it no it's not that people don't see amazing work fssi have done to educate no you go to fssi website and see how much of literature is there in terms of not that efforts are not there yeah. okay but there are challenges how do you take that one to extension i told you no same problem as trouble burning it's not yeah. much different how do you take this one okay to farmer educate him feed the way we store okay for example if you store in a damp corner you get aflatoxins how government can control it you can't yeah so therefore we need to educate farmers okay to get better practices okay going okay in the dairy industry it's very very important the other aspect okay associated with um, uh, the quality in milk okay is our milking practices one of the most horrible practices for example when you milk cows in india cow dung cow urine cow hair gets into milk that gets filtered then that gets pasteurized and it comes to us yeah can we do something about it hygiene in the farm is very bad extremely bad okay so how do we change this so therefore there's a capital issue there's an education issue there's a okay health issue all those things we need to really combine okay to make this work okay for a farmer and to a consumer today there are no programs in the country like this and there is also i think misinformation that the buffaloes produce more milk than cows buffalo milk is more fat rich than cows see the buffalo no it's an amazing animal so her feed efficiency we call it as a feed efficiency it is our feed efficiency is around 2 to 3% better than a cow for example if you feed 100 kg of 
ఓకే ఫీడ్ ఓకే టు కౌ వర్సెస్ ఓకే హండ్రెడ్ కేజీస్ ఆఫ్ ఓకే ఫీడ్ టు బఫెలో బఫెలో హాస్ గాట్ టూ టు త్రీ పర్సెంట్ సమ్టైమ్స్ ఫైవ్ పర్సెంట్ బెటర్ ఎఫిషియంట్ డైజెస్టింగ్ కేపబిలిటీ ఓకే దట్స్ ద ఓన్లీ డిఫరెన్స్ బిట్వీన్ బోత్ ఆఫ్ దెమ్ బోత్ ద మిల్క్ హాస్ లాక్టోస్ బోత్ ద మిల్క్ హాస్ ఫ్యాట్ దిస్ అబ్సల్యూట్లీ నో డిఫరెన్స్ ఓకే is amazing both of them are amazing source of protein and energy so beyond that rest of the things are myth of course yes buffalo milk has more fat okay cow milk has little bit less fat but other than that there's absolutely there's no difference the same kind of nutrition yes so how do farmer choose whether i want to have cow in my dairy or a buffalo in a dairy so it depends is the region specific characteristics for example in tiptur area there are no buffaloes if you go in and around hyderabad is a buffalo belt if you go to north of karnataka it is a buffalo belt so wherever we had a very tough environmental conditions buffaloes were there more heat is there buffaloes are there less heat is there cows are there okay so this exactly how the animals got adjusted to agroclimatic conditions so that's we need to really understand so it is not that okay you can breed everything everywhere it is not possible so therefore they slowly adjust okay into those conditions and that areas farmers start seeing that this is responding better okay let me start working with it that's how it is so the other than agroclimatic region agroclimatic conditions there is no other re- no other reason for these to exist in different different okay areas and in our religion cow is considered holy buffalo is not considered holy are there any facts to it or see uh, to be honest no okay if you take a cow as a story it has been amazing okay companion to the man yeah from ages okay the companionship comes from what it has been giving us protein yeah it is giving been giving us milk so that's how the companionship was built yeah okay when you looked after her she was called kamadenu yeah so the relationship should stop there associating anything beyond that now is imagination okay yeah same thing with buffalo okay buffalo is also an amazing animal it has got better digestion capability of course very small to this extent and it can survive in tough conditions so it can give fat and protein for us the relation should be like yeah. that's exactly the relationship was built okay how many years of okay agricultural background we have 10000 years of history yeah not beyond that so therefore you need not go lot back just 10000 years we started domesticating animals one of the first domesticated animal was cows so that they can give us meat they could give us okay fat and protein simple and do the farmers right in india uh, prefer buffalo more because they can after a buffalo has stopped giving milk they can put it for uh, meat consumption to the to the butchery industry no so the buffaloes are preferred see most milk in india is produced by buffaloes yeah it's not by cows okay so it's we are under wrong impression okay uh, but so this what the korean problem wanted to solve so most of the milk in europe was 
from cows they usually okay. they were able to powder it yeah and a buffalo milk it took them to powder it couldn't so therefore he wanted to solve the problem what yeah. that milk can give it as a nutrition to our young children okay yeah. that's what that's what the great man's history yeah. okay is from 50s okay so coming back to the buffalo this one buffalo is preferred because she is easy to manage she can just go out and graze and come okay and she still produces milk cows need lot more care so that's the only preference it's not a meat preference okay okay so farmers know okay is easy to manage buffalo is very easy animal to manage you just leave it and it will come back in the evening and uh, in indian history right was there a time when the dairy farmers were were like this rich enough today they are the poorest of folks as you mentioned right was there a time back 50 60 years ago when this was considered uh, let's say a profession which you would like to pass to your son see this this what i told no monoculture problem dairy farming was not there farming was there yes cows were part of farming ecosystem yeah. there's nothing like a dairy farming 100 years back okay this is a very new phenomenon then yeah this is dairy that's what i'm saying the most of the problems today why you inject so much antibiotics to cows you know they are concentrated just 100 years back cow was part of farming beautiful each farmer had one or two cows okay he couldn't take care of his protein requirements yeah take care of milk requirements if a little bit surplus was there he gave it to neighbor yeah that was a beautiful system so then what we thought by economizing we stretched it so industrialization caused all these problems that's exactly the root cause we stretched the technology aspect we stretched the economic aspect forgot the ecology forgot the diversity that's a fundamental problem of farming in the country today so the western concept of produce everything at scale scale that just destroyed that's our ecology exactly the point precisely the point siddharth yeah and you mentioned uh, you know about that the farming ecosystem for a farmer is just not the farmer who owns the land yes. it is the workers yes and and everything is getting to be destroyed would love your thoughts on that why is that happening and how is that happening so if if you really look at a relationship now in in a in a village okay it's not my commentary what is good or bad but what is there okay there is a landlord who owns the land yeah that landlord gives a gainful employment to people in the village yeah so that they are working there now over a period of time okay what has happened is this farming which the landlord was 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 owning that land is now farming is becoming unviable yeah what he did he stopped farming my father is a great example okay he educated his son told become an engineer he never told me to become a farmer yeah. and how many livelihoods that did your father support we at any point of time 10 people used to work eat within our family okay at any i remember as a kid i remember 10 people were there at any point of time okay sitting with us working with us chit chatting with us okay and uh, cuddling us all were there today he doesn't do any of it what happened did he sell his land no he has not sold his land but he is not farming yeah so that's the problem so now this relationship is broken once a farmer stops farming 
the dependent ecosystem gets broken when a dependent ecosystem gets broken the problem starts the people start migrating you saw a force nobody told them to migrate yeah but they are forcefully migrating now because there is no job the reason villages are becoming deserts there is no population in villages today at least most of the villages where we work 50% of the villages doesn't have a population below 45 years of age that's where it is and this is going worse in the next few years yes no no i'm saying you can't fault them every farmer wants to educate his children out of farming that's what he is doing don't farm get educated go to city get an gain yeah. for employment every farmer says that like my my father told every father is saying that way. and uh, we just want to explore you are working in three states right now you are working in andhra yeah. you are working in karnataka you are working in tamil nadu yeah. what is your relationship with these governments who want to either partner with you or want to give you money or at unit national level see it is a funny question at least in my opinion today okay when our one of the clusters in tiptur 1200 farmers and second cluster in chengalpattu district of tamil nadu we started in august 2019 okay this is the four years of work now so far in four years we are not even procured a liter of milk there we not even we not even procured a liter of milk there okay last four years we have put our hearts out yeah. to change farming ecosystem four years we are able to do 80 farms that's it okay tiptur has 1200 1200 chengalpattu has 80 okay that's it and both are villages or what about no villages go to villages similar setup go to villages identify the farmer and how many villages in each okay one per one farmer per village okay. 80 villages now we work okay. in chengalpattu district all the work what we have done is actually the government's job okay what i call as a extension outreach program government should not support us they should do their job providing services to farmers chengalpattu district okay as like tiptur conception rates of cows are so low when a calf is born first 5 years of her life she is not even conceiving how the farmer will make ever make money it's impossible so to to answer your question that government has a huge role to play veterinary services para veterinary services animal welfare activities better okay uh, access to markets they can do lot of it they need not really work with comes but they can create a platform where companies can build on top of it but today what are we doing companies like us we are going on creating that that is adding additional huge burden on the way we work you are creating your own end to end ecosystem right yes. you are creating you are working with the farmers your first 3 4 years are just uh, trying to build that ecosystem with the farmer then produce comes yes. and then you are also selling your produce under your own brand name correct you are not selling your produce to somebody no. else and uh, so the the work starts with setting up a research unit chengalpattu district as a research unit tiptur as a research unit to learn local farming practices each agroclimatic region has a different farming practices we have to learn that we just can't go on change anything what we want yeah 
That's the reason the diversity aspects, ecology aspects, they are very critical in farming. We have to fundamentally establish that. That takes time. That's what we are doing. So, and combine how many villages you are in today? Both so, the regions? Both the regions put around 1,300 villages. We are there now. Today. And each village, one farmer? One farmer, that's it. And do you want to expand that or you want to take more villages into your... No. So, we want to add, we will want to continue the same mission, identifying one farmer per village. We want to continue to do that. For a period of last 13 years, we have built a pipeline of around 1,500 farmers more in 1,500 villages. Okay. But slowly we are adding them. But we want to be very gradual. Okay, no, okay, uh, what you call uh, decisions which actually upsets, okay, farmer economics. We want to be very, very gradual. But and let's slow. say if you make one farmer rich and the other farmer are poor, then are they looking up to that farmer or are they, are they envious of that farmer and you? No. So, what we have seen wherever we have done intervention, they have become a focal point in the village. Lot of people come and seek. For example, what has happened, once we go to a village and set up a dairy unit, lot of people are copying that, what are the dairy practices. Yeah. That's what we want. They need not give milk to us. I am perfectly fine. They are, they are copying those practices. That is the whole purpose what we are trying to do. Go to a village, set up a model, everybody will copy because it is working. That's exactly what it is. And I think earlier it would have taken a lot of time for you to convince farmers to yes. work your way. Now it would be more inbound. For Correct. You. First six years it was a big struggle. First years of six years of our existence, it was a very big struggle. We didn't understand how to feed a, a dairy animal in an organic way. Okay. So then we learned around 2016 or so, we learned how to make TMR total mixed duration and we started okay experimenting with locked of local fodders to remove concentrate feed feeding systems out of cows it took time to grow grasses it took time yeah okay and so therefore 2016 we used to just handle 2000 liters of milk six years we just would produce only 2000 liters per day so today we handle around 90000 liters of milk okay. so the change happened Okay, but first six years was a big struggle. One thing which I want to touch upon, I think, which we haven't discussed is the increase of lactose intolerance in India. Why is it happening? See, that again is a lot of misconceptions around lactose intolerance. Okay, you ask it, why lactose intolerance? What is lactose? Lactose is an energy. Okay, so in, the, in our gut, the lactase enzyme exists by design. So what happened to lactase enzyme? If you are not able to digest lactose, which is there in our gut, so lactose enzyme, what happened to that lactase enzyme? Our food practices directly leading to our lactose intolerance. So that is very, very clear. It's not linked to the milk production. It is not linked to milk production at all. The way we are leading our lives is what is creating lactose intolerance. By design, we have a lactase enzyme. Okay, it can be revived. Okay, it can be easily revived. How, how does that happen? No, we have to take small quantities of milk. Okay, kill most of external food eating. Start cooking at your home. All the problems will get solved. So that's, that's one problem. The second, second aspect is, how do we consume dairy? Itself is very, very important. Okay. Dairy is the cheapest source of protein known to human. Yeah. It's the cheapest. Even okay. cheaper than meat? 
Yes, cheaper than meat. Okay. So, therefore, it is imperative that we use that resource. Yeah. You know, what is the beauty of a cow? Cow eats something which is useless to us. Yeah. That is grasses. We can't eat grasses. Yeah. Therefore, it produces, for us it produces fat and protein. Yeah. So, therefore, we better mind our food practices, get out of lactose intolerance. And also it's growing. There is no empirical data. A lot of people say it is growing. Some of it is okay driven by, let me say, um, assumptions on what is lactose intolerance. Okay. And a lot of people say adults don't need, okay, um, milk need, need, need not be drink. No, it's very much important. Building your bones is a continuous activity. Okay. It has got amazing source of calcium, amazing source of energy. And that lactose now is a slow release of energy. Can you believe it? We are willing to take sugar. Yeah. Okay. But we are not willing to take lactose because it releases slowly over a period of time. That's the beauty of milk. And now people are resorting to other kind of milk like almond milk and soy milk. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's a, it, yeah, it's a valid source of milk. Okay. But you look at the protein composition of a plant-based diet. Okay. And a cow milk. There's no comparison. See the cost. One kg of one liter of almond milk is 250 rupees to 300 rupees in the market. Yeah. One liter you get at 70 rupees in market milk. Yeah. You compare. Protein profile is 50% better than the almond milk or a oat milk. So what milk is important? Almond milk is important. I'm not saying it is not. But you compare. Yeah. So then you make a objective decision rather than, okay, taking a call on, okay, dairy is bad. And the other thing is the practices of how dairy is transported. Now it comes in plastic. Uh, is it good? Because a lot of, I think, plastic gets mixed while transporting. It is not. See, the, the packing material is fairly safe. Okay. It's a food safe packing material. But after consumer using it, what are we doing with that pack is important. Can we collect that one, responsibly recycle it? That is critical. I don't think, okay, milk packing is getting into any food, no. Material is fairly safe, but once a consumer uses, you should learn to collect that one back, recycle it rather than sending it to landfills. The last thing that I want to discuss with you is organic versus inorganic farming. Historically, there was no concept of organic farming. It was all, uh, uh, the, there was zero pesticides in the food uh, that we produce and the manure was natural cow dung and what you mentioned, right? Slowly and steadily we started pesticides and almost 90% of the food produced in today's in India uh, is, is because of pesticides, right? And uh, that is leading to the concept of now can we go back to organic farming, which is nothing. Organic is just pesticide free, right? Please correct me if I'm wrong. So, yeah. So, Siddhartha, there are two aspects we are talking here, okay. In a typical farming practice, let's say, uh, let me say conventional, I will yeah. call it as a conventional in the lack of better word, okay. To grow, okay, uh, food, okay, you need, okay, um, uh, nitrogen, you need phosphorus, okay, you need ammonium, uh, ammonia based uh, this one, and you need, okay, 16 micronutrients. Okay, when there is small quantities. The question is, how do you get that one to the plant? 
okay defines okay what is organic or what is conventional yeah. or inorganic okay that's the fundamental difference okay in an organic ecosystem you believe microbes do the job you believe nature can do the job for me yeah but what is what you can do as a farmer to support those microbes is what is organic farming is all about okay so in a conventional okay or a inorganic method is hey you know plants need nutrition to grow okay which chemical factory can produce it let me dump that one so over a period of time what happens is there nothing like right or wrong but over a period of time what we have seen is a conventional farming what we call as inorganic farming has systematically destroyed our soils soils are becoming more saline or extremely acidic where plant growth is not possible without further use of chemicals why the organic production systems continues to develop the soil water holding capacity goes up microbial load goes up okay and diversity in the farm goes up this is the only two differences i can say between a conventional system and an organic system do these fertilizer and pesticides they kill the microbes in the soil yes for example roundup if it roundup can kill okay uh, a plant it will kill anything what is roundup interesting so let me say when you when you grow a crop yeah what happens the lot of weeds come to weed to remove weeds what you do you go and remove the weeds manually yeah so now okay our technological innovation says that you need not do take a spray and spray all the weeds will die okay to do that you know what you buy the seeds from me which which can withstand around of spray okay to give one more example let me say if i take a maize seeds okay from company xyz i don't know the name okay and that company tells you okay what is the spray they should use to remove weeds so now the maize now whatever you were you are growing now it is resistant to that spray yeah so therefore what the company has built an amazing business model they will give you the seeds <laughs> they will give you the spray yeah okay they will give you the weed side roundup is a weed side okay are herbicide what we call you just spray everything get destroyed so therefore over a period of time the soil becomes bereft of any organic matter because it becomes bereft of microbes and today how much of the country today in india is doing inorganic versus organic farming around 2% of the country is under organic cultivation right now there are various statistics some statistics do say it's around 5% to 8% some statistics say it is 2% but i tend to believe the 2% part of it and do you see in 20 years that percentage to improve substantially yes this can only improve okay only it can improve if consumers can come forward if the consumers are not coming forward nobody will make a switch and let's if consumers can say i am ready to pay higher price for organic that's the only way to do it no price that's what i'm trying to say we tend to okay um, trivialize okay lot of things in farming we trivialize around price it is not correct 
you have to you have, you have to really look at holistically your ecosystem is better okay you are getting a good health your biodiversity is better good soils good next generation for that one you pay cost so this exactly how it needs to be really looked at so consumers should come forward and holistically support farming and they should start questioning where is my food coming from who is producing it at what cost it was produced how it was produced how profitable that production is consumers should ask these questions once you start asking these questions companies will fall in line if you take akshay kalpa yeah. why are we doing this because consumers are asking us not the other way around yeah around 150000 consumers take our okay products every day okay in three cities they are asking us these questions in chennai bangalore and hyderabad yes okay and they are asking us these questions fundamental questions and you know last one year in tiptur we have got 10000 consumers visit farmers that's the movement we need yeah. we need movement of consumers going and seeing where the yeah. food is coming from validate it then companies will wake up or else it is it is the dead end of farming so thank you so much thank you thank you sir hosting you